Blog Talk Radio. Well, as we uh, hopefully we're on the air, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with the the intro there. For some reason, the Blog Talk Studios is jacked up as usual. This is The Pulse, real talk, real opinion, and real news, formerly known as the American Idiot Show. I am Brad Hicks, joined alongside Sean Castleberry and Lisa O'Brien, and a lot to talk about this Monday night as we had the State of the Union. Of course, last night, uh, Philadelphia and the New England Patriots battled in Super Bowl 52, where the Philadelphia Eagles won their franchise first Super Bowl, so congratulations to anyone and everyone out in the listening area or land that uh, was an Eagles fan. Sean, Lisa, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you? Uh, we're here. A lot of food, a lot of, a lot of eating, a little bit of drinking, and uh, miserable, actually, to tell you the truth today, but it is what it is. Sorry to hear that, man. Hey, if Michael ever gets that intro up, I want to hear that thing. Yeah, I know. Well, it'll happen eventually. Like, maybe... Blog talk's fucking up again, Sean. Big surprise. Way to um, do that, buddy. Well, anyway, Sean, let's go ahead and get started. And one of the more controversial aspects of the Super Bowl was some of the commercials, I would imagine. You know, obviously the controversy if you lead to the NFL, is going to be that the Patriots get every single call imaginable. That was disproved last night as Philadelphia still won the game. Anyway. This is true. While I've got the producer who tells me I need to talk more, talking shit in my ear over here, hey, do whatever you're doing over there with your farmanimals.com and leave me alone. But anyway, Sean, the biggest commercial that I see that's making the headlines as far as controversy goes is the Dodge Ram commercial. Apparently, the overlay of uh, the Martin Luther King sermon, not well receptive among the uh, watch viewing viewing audience, Sean. However, I have heard reports that um, that it was approved by the managing company that, that holds the intellectual rights to Martin Luther King and the family estate, and that they viewed the commercial before it even aired and gave its approval. Yeah, I've I've heard two conflicting stories about whether that's true or not. I don't know uh, which one to believe. Um, you know, I missed that particular commercial. I was outside smoking or something. But uh, you know, using Dr. King, you know, message for a car commercial seems a little bit in poor taste. So I don't know. Well, I mean, like like you said, there's conflicting reports. Now, the King Center tweeted out that neither the King Center nor Bernie's King is the entity that approves the use of MLK's words or imagery for use in merchandise, entertainment, movies, or advertisement, including the Dodge Super Bowl. So what is that saying, Michael? Is that saying that, that, that those two aren't responsible? So basically, Sean, the article that I have in front of me from the New York Magazine says that Eric D. Tidwell, the managing director of intellectual properties management, which manages the King estate, said once the final creative 
was presented for approval. It was reviewed to ensure it met our standard integrity clearances. We found that the overall message of the ad embodied Dr. King's philosophy that true greatness is achieved by serving others. I guess that could be argued for that, Um, you know, as far as bringing industry to America and different things like that. I'm sure they they spun it that way. Uh, Again, I don't know. It just seems like, you know, it's Black History Month, so it seems like it was done in poor taste. Lisa, your take on that? Yeah, I would agree on that, even if if the estate – it looks like there are two competing – interest there's the estate and then there's the king center and bernice king and i don't think that that they agree on how and what should be done because this ad is not the first time there have been issues they didn't use any of dr king's speeches in selma because they didn't want to attract the attention of the king estate so uh it wasn't poor taste. I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, I don't think it was something that was necessary. They could have done it without using Dr. King's words. I mean, I could see and that. I don't know. It, I don't recall the commercial. Like honestly, I, like I don't recall the commercial at all. Like so. Yeah, I don't either. But there I, is I an interesting. There is an interesting one, though, that came about. Uh, Sean, you probably may or may not have seen this one. I noticed, uh, to set the scene, it's a it's an empty theater room stage, I guess, with empty seats. Uh, there's a microphone with a spotlight on the stage, and there's a black gentleman. I don't remember if he had, with tape over his mouth, and he had some kind of thing on his, something on his head. I can't remember. And... He takes the tape off his mouth but doesn't say anything, and then he turns around, and it's an ad for black culture, black tour, something of that degree. Sean, do you remember that commercial? Yeah, yeah, he had three X's on his mouth, and, uh, yeah, he when he turned around, it said black tour. So I guess that is talking about black culture. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting. Now, here's the question that was raised by Michael, um, is that you allow that type of commercial to come across. And I'm guessing there was a catchphrase that was on there that, and and I'll have to look it up, or maybe Michael can look it up at some point. But there was a a slogan of some sort that was popped up above that uh, Blackshire thing, uh, writing, And the question that was posed by Michael now, Sean, is that the NFL apparently has creative control on what flows through the commercials for the Super Bowl. Um, The disapproval of the AMVETS message, but the message from that being allowed, uh, does that speak to hypocrisy by the NFL? Or, well, here's, what is this? Here we go. Okay, so apparently the hip-hop star, what's his name, Michael? Pross, never heard of him, takes a risk by buying a Super Bowl ad for his new black culture site. The ad he and the director, Antoine Fuqua, come up with is a winner, as well as arguably the most political of the night. He comes on stage blindfolded and with tape over his mouth. He removes the covering 
a voice and a vision for black culture, says the text. This, this, remember, amid the championship game for a sports league that has effectively blackballed a talented quarterback who protested on behalf of fellow African-Americans. Is that not taking the side, though? So is that, Sean, in a sense, not taking the side, uh, taking a side? I'm not going to say taking Kaepernick's side or, or the player. Taking a side when one of the to remain neutral in the eyes of the well, yeah, I would definitely say that that's taking sides in that argument. But, you know, again, when 70% of the players are African-American, um, you know, they get the freedom to say what they want as far as, you know, having a commercial like that. You know, when the NFL tries to say that Tom Brady is the face of the NFL, again, when 70% of the players are African-American, that's kind of insulting to all of those other players. I mean, I can see that to a degree, but now what is what is the? Do we have an absolute demographic as to the uh, the Super Bowl, the audience, like viewership wise? Uh, because let's face it, let's face it. Like I would think in the NFL, obviously, you respect your employees, each each player, but at the same time, you would you not want to try to just stay neutral on this at all costs or, and, or allow, let it all in because you have without me, you, Michael, uh, and whoever else tuned in to watch, you don't have an NFL if there's no revenue coming in because tickets, uh, merchandise, merchandise and whatnot. I mean, you, you, you have to appease everybody, correct? Well, uh, again, we talked about this last week. You know, they should have allowed the other ad in. And the fact that they didn't allow it where the veterans were asking people to stand. Um, you know, it, it's interesting, too, that every single one of the players and everyone on the sidelines did stand for the national anthem. No one took a knee at all. In fact, neither one of the teams, any of their players, had taken a knee all year long, according to the news reports that I read uh, yesterday. See, and right now, I don't know if it was the camera work or or whatever they did, because I noticed during the regular season, a lot of attention was was applied to the sidelines for that. And I did notice that I did not see any of that. Um, You know, like they didn't specifically go to to look for that. Now, whether it was because they didn't do that or they hadn't done it all year or however it was, and they just made it a non-issue during the season, I don't know. but you know, I guess I guess I wasn't even really thinking about that at the time that I was getting ready to watch this game last night either, though, Sean. Well, when you look at the history of sports, I mean, going all the way back to the Olympics with Owens raising his fist, Muhammad Ali uh, protesting against uh, going to Vietnam, throwing his medals into the river. Um, you know, African Americans have led the way as far as protests in sports in in the United States. So. What Colin Kaepernick did, he raised awareness. People, you know, followed suit, and they also protested, and it caused a whole lot of controversy. Whether you agree or disagree, it's, it's their right to protest. And, again, you know, I'm proud of all of them that have, that have you know, taken the knee because they can do that. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with them taking a knee. I could care less what they do, honestly. I, uh, I'm glad they take a stand, but at the same time, I kind of feel like, 
I don't know. I, I would feel more. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, I don't know if they identify with the people they're taking a stand for anymore. Well, yeah, when you're making millions of dollars, you obviously uh, are outside of that demographic. But when no one else is raising awareness to these issues in America, it falls to someone, whether it's in entertainment or sports or the news media or whoever. And they just happen to be some of the most uh, visual people to actually be able to do this. But see, Sean, I think we would disagree too, because I, I mean, not on that aspect, but in the Colin Kaepernick situation is going as far as these protests go. I also believe that a lot of the reason Kaepernick hasn't been hired yet is because he sucks. Well, you know, he choked in a Super Bowl, but his statistics, you know, showed that he was going to be a good quarterback someday. And uh, he has been blackballed. So if they continue to do that, that's unfortunate for his career. If someone gives him a chance and puts him on a team, you know, I would be surprised if he doesn't have a ring in the next 10 years. Uh, I will respectfully disagree with you on that. I I think you saw the 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 unpredictability of Kaepernick's ability to run, but I think once teams started to kind of figure that out, you see him use his arm. But that's, that's not a topic for this show, I'm sure. But uh, – all right, Sean, we'll jump into the State of the Union then. Uh, unless there's any other commercial you want to point out. Um, I didn't see a whole lot of controversy in this year's commercials other than the one with the Dodge and, and then the the rap, the Black Culture uh, website commercial. I thought the, the commercials were, I don't know, I thought they were fairly tame, actually, for what you would consider a Super Bowl, but they have kind of lacked in the last several I, years. I thought- I thought one of the better commercials were, were the uh, advertisements for the new Crocodile Dundee movie, and it turns out it was just an advertisement for, uh, you know, tourism. And uh, they fooled everybody. That was awesome. Yes, trust me, and I am a huge – I still call him Kenny Powers, so. <laughs> I uh, love that yeah, guy, though. Have you seen his new series? Somebody was telling me about it. I must. I, I have not seen it, but somebody was asking me if I had seen something that he had done. But I still can't get over rebound and down. Yeah, it's <laughs> called uh, Vice Principles, and it's it is on HBO, and it is hilarious. I suggest if you like Danny Masterson that you definitely check it out. Lisa, you were going to say something. Yeah, one of my favorites was the Peter Dinklage, um, Morgan Freeman, uh, Doritos Mountain Dew. That was cool. Yes, and, uh, I, absolutely. I, so that, I love yeah, Tiffany Haddish and her Groupon commercial. The, one of the other commercials that I love, Sean, one of my favorites was obviously the NFL's own commercial with Odell Beckham Jr. and uh, Eli Manning. Yeah, doing the dirty dancing. Yeah, that was great. That was great. And the fact that Eli Manning's rhythm is a little off. Yeah, yeah, he definitely can't dance. So uh, they they should have worked on that. <laughs> but yeah, I, they also. I uh, oh, I was just going to say they also premiered that new Star Wars uh, movie Solo, and uh, the new trailer came out today, and that movie looks phenomenal. I can't wait to see that in May. I think it, you know, uh, 
when episode eight came out, I was like, ah, I'm not going to see any more Star Wars movies in the theater. But yeah, that changed my mind. I'm definitely going to go see that on May 25th. Cheap plug for Star Wars. Absolutely. Sean, the sci-fi geek of the group here. I'm, I, I could not honestly, I don't think I've seen a Star Wars past the ones that I grew up with, to be honest with you. And that was the originals, right? I'm a, I'm a guess. I guess. I don't know. Like, yeah. Um, the new one, I don't know. Like, the older ones, I guess, is what they are, you know. Yeah. The, well, the, you the know, uh, back, I'll break it down real quick. I'll throw some geek out there. Uh, 1977 Star Wars came out. It was titled The New Hope. It was episode four. And then you had episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, and then Return of the Jedi, episode six. And 20 years later, they re-released those as a special edition and raised money to actually come out with the prequels, which were episodes one, two, and three, which uh, most fans don't like. They're pretty terrible. Uh, episodes seven and eight came out in the last few years. They were all right. And, of course, everyone loves Rogue One. That was one of the best Star Wars movies that they ever made. And I will take your word for that. (laughs) Definitely, uh, definitely up your alley, Sean. And I will take your word for that. I'm, I guess maybe I saw four, five, and six. If that's what we're going to go with, (laughs) numbers wise. Yeah. Well, you know, an interesting story about Star Wars. When I was doing Sci-Fi Visions back in California, I actually got to meet Anthony Daniels, and he plays C-3PO in the Star Wars film. And uh, he came to my dad's cheesy little uh, cable access television show. Again, it was called Sci-Fi Visions. And uh, somehow my dad got him booked on the show, and he did a a full-hour interview. But the best part about that, about meeting him, was after the interview. He stayed for three hours and told us the best stories about, you know, when they filmed Star Wars and how all the short people that played the Ewoks and the and the uh, Jawas hated him because he can't see past a certain level of this peripheral vision, and he would trip over them all the time. And just, you know, hilarious, just great stories behind the scenes that, you know, I got to share with the guy. And, you know, I wish I wish everybody could, you know, meet someone like that from movies that they love. It's really awesome. Uh, Sean, do you need a towel? I think you have something on the side of your mouth. I do. <laughs> I do. I need a towel. I really do. <laughs> so... Last show we did was obviously last Monday. The following Tuesday was the third longest State of the Union address, only to be outdone by two previous State of the Unions delivered by President Bill Clinton at the time, this one lasting one hour and 20 minutes. Um, Obviously, the memes are making the rounds on Facebook. You obviously had the Tide Pods memes with Nancy Pelosi, um, several other memes going around, but Sean and Lisa, uh, your opinion on what you heard from the State of the Union address? Okay, I'm I'll let you go, go ahead. Yeah, it's going to be really short. <laughs> I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, well, I didn't watch it, but I heard some of it on the way home uh, from work that night on NPR. And, you know, it was just basically patting himself on the back and applauding for himself and taking credit for anything good that has happened over the past year. 
And uh, it, it was kind of sad to watch uh, when I got home and actually watched about 10 minutes of it, and then I just turned it off. Uh, it's just, you know, everybody kissing his ass and him blowing himself in front of everybody. It was, it was kind of sad. Right. Well, I'm going to – I'll go to what I found here, and that's not what I'm looking for. Um. Well, I had it pulled up, and it's not there. Oh, wait, wrong window, Brad. So here is, according to NPR, Sean. Yes. According to NPR, uh, this was dated January 31st, eight key moments and themes from Trump's first State of the Union address. If uh, I'm going to give these to you, Sean. If you want to comment on them, you can. Okay. But number one was not much new policy. I would agree with that. Number two was a call for bipartisanship. And he did. He did ask for everyone to, uh, you know, do their jobs that they'd been elected for. That was probably the most positive message of the evening. Number three was America. Americans are dreamers, too. Uh, That's just a dig at the uh, Dreamers Act. So that was in poor taste. Number four. Okay, I'm not sure if you're going to know this one, but uh, surprise Skutniks. Do you know what that means? <laughs> no, I don't. That's really weird. Skutniks? It says, here's the quote. Here's the quote. Today he has a new leg, but Sigong Ho, I understand you still keep those old crutches as a reminder of how far you have come. Your great sacrifice is an inspiration to us all. Uh, the article goes on to say, well, what's a Skutnik, you ask? The name comes from Lenny Skutnik, a government employee who drove into the Potomac River to save a plane crash, drove into the Potomac River to save a plane crash victim. He was invited to the State of the Union and sat next to then First Lady Nancy Reagan. So I'm guessing it's a civic hero of some sort. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, I'm reading part of it, uh, part of the text, and uh, this young man lived in North Korea. He was starving. He was trying to steal coal from a train. And ended up losing both of his legs when he uh, fell asleep or passed out on the train tracks. So now he lives in Seoul, and he tries to help North Koreans get to freedom in South Korea. Okay, well, that's pretty inspirational. Yeah. Uh, I remember that plane crash in, uh, in the Potomac. Um, number five, <laughs> number five would be Trump <laughs> Wade. Yeah, I don't remember, but Random. I'm old and the sixties were brutal. No, you were probably in grade school. The sixties, Lisa, they were brutal. I'm not even born in the sixties, <laughs> but I'll claim it. No, man, no. But I did stay at a Holiday Inn once. Um. Trump wades into Russian investigation. Uh, he didn't do it in just, his speech, 
but afterwards yeah. he was overheard telling a Republican lawmaker that he is 100% in favor of releasing the classified memo that we will get into uh, next. The Noons memo. Actually, the big thing that I saw coming out of the State of the Union, and I look at you writing that SOTU, Michael, and all I can think about is STFU, but uh, is the is the whole uh, Melania Trump arriving to the uh, State of the Union in separate vehicles, which was explained away as her being with the honored guests of the evening uh, that they had brought with them, and that they did leave in the same vehicle af- uh, afterwards. Well, there were a lot of people but, speculating that she, she's mad about the whole, you know, Trump was with a porn star thing. And, uh, of course, when he mentioned families, she did not applaud. She did not stand up. So a lot of people think she's still really pissed off about that. Who would blame her if she is? Um, too many people, you know, talk badly about her. She's a first lady. People need to leave her alone. And another interesting thing, too, was um, – her uh, pantsuit and blouse was white, uh, which was worn by Hillary Clinton uh, during the Democratic nomination for president as a tribute to the uh, suffra- suffragettes, I believe. I'm the suffragette, it. yeah, the, the suffragette yes. movement and solidarity for women's rights. So that was interesting, as all the other Democrats in the room were black. Um, protesting, I guess, in their own way, the Trump presidency and and the union. Well, that was for the Um, Me Too movement. Who is this? Oh. This one, Sean, I don't know if uh, you may know more about this, but uh, another Kennedy takes a star turn. Are you talking about Joe Kennedy III uh, when he did the rebuttal to the State of the Union? I'm, I'm guessing he is the grandson of Robert F. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, they um, threw him out there to do the rebuttal, and, uh, you know, now he's the poster boy, you know, for the uh, Democratic Party. We'll see how that goes over the next couple of years. Apparently they're talking about his lip gloss. What? That's what they're saying. Now, don't get apparently Michael excited. Joe, apparently Joe Kennedy had glistening lips. Outshined his response, according to the New York Daily News. And then apparently number eight on here was Hillary Clinton's hashtag Me Too play. Uh, apparently, response to the uh, union. Yeah. Like 15 minutes before the State of the Union, Hillary Clinton drops a 1,573-word statement on Facebook. Yeah, and again, she needs to go ahead and pack her bags and retire. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't agree there, but uh, I didn't like I said I didn't watch the State of the Union because I don't know. Yeah, there was probably something interesting on TV that I was wanting to watch at that time, or I was doing something. But it sounds. That it played out most just like most of the other State of the Unions, and especially a Trump State of the Union, it was more of a 
let's blow the old horn treat act. Well, yeah, I mean, it was your basic circle jerk. Everybody just going around and, you know, patting them on the back, blowing them, and, you know, every, oh, all this good bull that was going on. Uh, and, of course, he came out today and said all the Democrats who didn't stand or applaud for him, for him were uh, in, in of treason against the United States government, which is horseshit. Again, if he would learn how to shut up, we'd probably be doing a lot better. That that that, that I will say. Well, will Sean, agree. we talked. Well, we talked about it, and I, I'm sure Lisa's probably looked it over um, as well. I I hope because I haven't really paid much attention to it other than what I've tried to see on both Fox News and CNN. You know, trying to get. Uh, some middle ground on the Noons memo that was released. Now, I have heard that the Democrats are um, currently looking to release a document of some sort. Yeah, they just want to basically rebuttal anything that's come out in that whole statement. And, you know, uh, it's like we said before, you know, with this Russia investigation, everything else, nothing's going to come of it. So, you know, it's not really news. I mean, let's so the body count so far in the Russia probe is that we have had two people, right, indicted on something that was dug up as a result of this investigation, but not anything particularly pertaining to the Russian collusion. Is that is that is that correct? I believe so. Um, I don't know, like, you know, this goes back to the whole Kenneth Starr thing to me, like this colossal waste of time. Well, you know, the Democrats are just trying to do exactly what the Republicans did throughout the Clinton administration and throughout the Obama administration. That's try to find something and, you know, get the man impeached and they need to be worrying about what they need to be worrying about are these midterm elections you know they don't have anybody out there to actually you know be a poster child for the democratic party uh they've tried to sh- throw out you know uh, joe kennedy third like i said uh they need to find some progressives that really want to change things and you know get away elitist politics that they've been playing all along well yeah and i mean obviously the the whole nomination process reeked of of democratic stupidity in all honesty, as you see uh, your candidate that, that uh, probably could have made a strong push for the presidency was basically blackballed out of his own nomination. Yeah. Yeah. PNC definitely pushed uh, Bernie Sanders out there in favor of Hillary's turn to be president, which was a, a huge fatal mistake because you know, America, unfortunately, is not ready for female president, and that sucks. Uh, we should have a female president if he's qualified to do the job, but people hate Hillary Clinton. Uh, they really despise her, and, you know, pushing her over Bernie Sanders, that was just a huge mistake. Well, here's, here's a question I want to ask you, Lisa, and this just popped into my head. We're, we're talking about the Russian collusion aspect of things. And Sean brought up the Republicans on the on the witch hunt for uh, Clinton. Um, from a legal standpoint, there seems to be so much more evidence 
and uh, body count, honestly, and legit body count uh, against Bill Clinton and his cronies. Um, if you watch the Clinton Chronicles, if you follow, actually down here, Lisa, I'm not sure you know it or not. She's the mother of uh, one of the victims is still actively pushing uh, for answers in the, uh, they call it the MENA connection. Sean, I'm sure you know what that is. Um, oh, yeah, I've read, I've read that. I've read about it. I'm, I'm telling you right now, honest, and Sean, Sean is from that area uh, now. I, I know you're obviously not, you were in a different area growing up, but in, yeah. in in the area of Saline County, Sean will tell you years and years ago, you didn't mention anything about that. I mean, people yeah, talked you about, talk it. about it. Some people talked about it. I mean, you know, you go around the, the the little convenience stores, people drinking coffee. You know, people that hated him, they didn't care. They talked about it. Uh, the conspiracy theorists that you know put all this stuff together, Infowars type, you know, people still talk about it to this day you know they they would love to see the clintons just hung out to dry and their name taken off of everything in arkansas if that's possible well see sean yeah. you go to cons- you go to conspiracy sean and i'm telling you right now there's a lot of of maybe it is a con- maybe it is a conspiracy i'm not saying it's not but there are seems to be an awful lot of coincidences that occur with uh, well, people that know things end up dead. I, w- I would agree with that. There are a lot of strange coincidences, just like there is with 9-11 and different things like that. But again, it's a conspiracy theory. If if it wasn't more than a conspiracy theory, the Clintons would be in prison right now. But is the – and that's a, that's a different topic for another show, but when you have the power that these people have had – there's, you know, influential things can happen. But, I mean, I don't want to go down that road. What I really wanted to bring up to Lisa was, is the, is there a, I mean, is it, is there evidence uh, that it rem, that supports Trump's collusion with this election? Like there you know, seems to be the evidence with Clinton and this whole Clinton Foundation and the body count and the, you know, everything that just seems to be tied to the corruption of the Clinton political team. Right. I, I have read this evening, uh, I read the Nunes memo, and one of the things that kind of uh, concerned me is that the source of all the Russia collusion allegations is a man by the name of Christopher Steele. He was an MI6 operative at one time. Uh, who was being paid by the Democratic National Committee and uh, apparently the Clinton campaign through another entity uh, for the information he was providing about, providing about Trump and Russia. Now, I read the dossier, and for an intelligence operative, it's not a very well-written dossier. And it's just a lot of, uh, you know, throwing names out and and it's all secondhand information. He's not reporting anything he directly observed. He's reporting information he allegedly got from Russian operatives uh, about things going on with Trump and the Russians and all that. 
but another impression I get from the dossier is that Trump, he may be playing the Russians as much as Christopher Steele played the DNC. And see, I just don't, I mean, the, the memo, the, the only thing that I've come, that's come out of this memo to me, and, and Sean, maybe you or Lisa can explain this to me, was that they actually have found some form of proof that there was a warrant issued or something of that effect issued to, to wiretap a particular campaign person or some or officer yeah. wing that inside was, Trump Towers. See, the problem, one of the problems, and this is what the Nunes memo brings out, is that the basis of the FBI's entire Russia investigation appears to be Christopher Steele and his allegations. And his allegations were used to support a FISA warrant for wiretap and used to uh, to maintain those wiretaps because they have to reapply every 90 days. And, I, I mean, I don't know that they've gotten anything of any value from those wiretaps. No, they haven't. Again, this this is just a dead issue. So, well, the so, Democrats don't seem to want to let it go. Well, no, well, again, and, and I think know, what they're hoping for is if you're a Democrat and you're what you're hoping for is that you find something, you know, something because I think honestly, Sean, is is at this point, does it not feel like it's one of those situations where they thought there was something there, but there's not something there, but they can't just take their ball and run home because they don't want to look weak, so they're continuing to do this and well, they already they already the look weak for the next three years. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Democrats already look weak. They lost the election. They put up the wrong candidate. Um, they did the whole government shutdown thing and then recanted on that. Um, and now, you know, they continue with this stupid Russian investigation. Uh, I don't like to side with conservatives or anything, but it's time to put it away. It's not going to uh, account for anything at all. And, again, they need to worry about the, the 2018 elections that are coming up. You know, November is the most critical time. In these midterm elections, so that the uh, you know Democrats can take over the House and the Senate. Right. I mean, if that's what you're looking for, then obviously that's what you need to be worried about. I mean, because um, I personally don't see where where Russia created a Trump presidency. That to me does I don't I don't see that. I don't think that they. Um, I wouldn't, interfered I wouldn't say they, yeah, I wouldn't say that they created a Trump presidency. Did they interfere with the election? Yes, that's been proven. You know, did anybody collaborate with them over here? That hasn't been proven. It's it's a dead fish. Leave it alone. Right. And I mean, in all, you know, in all I, honesty, you look at you look at the DNC, the emails that were hacked. Uh, you know, it revealed that. The Democratic uh, Committee torpedoed Bernie Sanders, and that's no, I think I would agree with that. The downfall, the downfall of Hillary Clinton. Well, no, I would say the downfall of Hillary Clinton was being the wife of Bill Clinton. Well, she which is weird. Which is I, we, totally know, weird. To I me. think she's the one. 
she's always been the one to wear the pants and do all the dastardly deeds. Because she's the bitch, not him. Whoa. Uh, I'll agree with that. And I um, but no. say that. But I, but you know what, Sean? I think too. I think too. She should have gone to Bill more more than she did. Honestly. Well, you know, I mean, it's just like Al Gore when he was running for president. He had to distance distance himself from Bill because of all the controversy, and Hillary had to do the exact same thing. Which the surefire sign that your campaign's in trouble from the start. Let alone the fact that you know the majority of people in your party hate you. Uh, except for those hardcore Clinton supporters. And, you know, I know a few of these people, no matter what, they were going to vote for her. And, you know, that just sucks because we had a better candidate in Bernie Sanders. And they they ruined the opportunity to have a great leader in this country. Well, I mean, Sean, one of the things you mentioned is Al Gore failed to use President Clinton. And we've all, you know, come about that that's kind of was a mistake in 2000. But also, I mean, is that not pretty much apropos for modern politics? Because you look at the last three presidents have all been two-term presidents, and by the time they got out, the next man didn't really use – or woman in this case, I guess, for the last one – didn't really effectively use the outgoing administration – so, I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily point to that. Obviously, Clinton wasn't exactly popular at that time, just the same no. as George Bush. And you can even say, you know, in certain circles, the same as Barack Obama. But, well, he, I mean. Well, the thing about that, though, is if if Joe Biden had ran, he would have had the full support of the Democratic Party and President Obama. And there wouldn't be any problem with President Obama supporting Joe Biden in public at all. They were such good friends. They were such a great team together. And unfortunately, because of his son, Bo, passing away, um, you know, he didn't run. I think that uh, Joe Biden or Bernie Sanders could have had a good, you know, run at the presidency. And either one of them could have taken over, you know, Trump. Well, and that's something interesting, you know, looking forward as far as 2020 goes is as we begin to look at, you know, potential candidates for the Democratic nomination. And I want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about this uh, Kennedy gentleman who's, you know, you said probably going to be the uh, poster boy for the DNC at this point. Well, usually the poster boy is the front runner for the nomination. And I tell you, I mean, that just already seems like a mistake on their part. We've already seen that quote-unquote dynasties in this country don't work out well. Well, I mean, the Kennedys are a tragic family. You know, a lot of people think that they're cursed, but he, he, you know, follows the party line. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons why Trump was elected is because he doesn't follow everything that the Republicans stand for. He's just going to do what he wants to do. And that's refreshing to a lot of people because it's change. You've That's got to get President somebody Obama. like Trump. You've got to get the Democratic version of Trump, who honestly you could probably say would be Bernie Sanders, to run. Yeah. I mean, you yes, look at Oprah Winfrey. You, no. You look at Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, Sean, and I, I, I don't think that she's the solution. As much you know, as Oprah, you have got to reach across and get the quote unquote, you know, they call them. Uh, certain stations call them Reagan Democrats or stuff like that. You've got to reach across and be able to reach into the Republican 
side of things, too, and steal a few conservative states, which Obama was effectively well, able to do. Well, you're talking about those blue dog Democrats. Side. Yeah, you're talking about the blue dog Democrats that voted for, for Clinton back in the day uh, that, that, that are moderates. And that's the thing. You know, one, one of the real reasons why Obama was a, so successful was because he was an actual moderate. He was not as left as everybody, you know, accused him of being. He, he was a true moderate. And he catered to the right and to the left, and especially big business and big pharma. And, you know, if the Democrats want to be successful, they either have to put a strong moderate up there or they're going to have to go with a progressive that's really going to change the party from the inside out. Well, and I mean, when you look at the candidates gallery, as they call it right now, as far as people who are exploring a possibility, you got, you know, whether you believe it or not, you got Kanye. Let me roll my eyes. But then again, we all rolled our eyes when we were talking about Donald Trump. So you got to give him some sort of credence. You got Oprah Winfrey. And yeah, she's you out. Have, she is out. She said she wasn't going to ha- have any part in it. She already said she's not interested. Okay. Okay. And then you got uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Let's be honest here. This just sounds, number one, like a reality television show, Dwayne The Rock Johnson versus uh, versus Donald Trump for the presidency of the United States. Uh, once again, can anyone cue up idiocracy? But, uh, well, you know, if we could change the laws in this country and allow Arnold Schwarzenegger to actually run for the presidency, that's a Republican I would stand behind because he's a true moderate, and he actually has the people's interests at heart. I was in California when he was elected governor, and he did a damn good job as a governor, even as a conservative Republican. Uh, he turned the state around. It was in financial dire straits, and he turned the entire state around. And he could actually fix a lot of the things with the country. So if you're going to put a Republican out there uh, you know, that could do a better job than Trump, Arnold Schwarzenegger's the man for the job. I would agree there, and I mean, me and Brad, this is a point of contingency with me and Brad when we talk about 2020. I'm not 100% sure that Donald Trump is your Republican candidate in 2020. I, I mean, well, of course he is. He, they're not, they're, they're not going to up, you know, upturn the, the, the whole thing and tip the cart just to throw Trump out of there like that. I mean, he won the presidency, so of course he's the guy. I mean, is he? I'm not sure, though. I mean, I think if they got a true, you know, guy that could speak across the line, you know, and Marco Rubio, I think a Marco could at this point defeat Trump. You've got to get a guy. Trump ticked off a lot of people in his report in the primaries. I agree, By but at Trump? the same time, Trump has Trump has angered a lot of people in his in his base. And uh, Brad's back, so I've been booted out of the way here. So here comes Brad. So, son, you, I hear you. Uh, you're talking about Schwarzenegger, correct? Oh yeah. How much of an issue will? How much will his personal life come into play should he run for president? Well, first, he can't run for president because he's not a naturalized citizen. He wasn't born here. Um, if we were able to change the laws, uh, do a constitutional amendment to allow him to run, I think he would win. Um, 
you know, even though he has a controversial past, you know, with the affair and everything that happened between he and Maria, uh, Maria Schreiber, um, what he what he did as a politician in the state of California was phenomenal. And what he says against Trump as a conservative Republican, uh, a member of the GOP, he, he's, he's dead on when he talks, you know, uh, about the issues the way that he does. And I think that he would be a great candidate. So who legitimately, in, in both you and Lisa's opinion, looks to be a strong uh, opposition to Trump in 2020? No one. So you don't um, think that... I mean, Sean, as far as it... Yeah, go ahead. I think... Uh, Schwarzenegger is more or less an ally of Trump. He has uh, uh, taken a stand. He took a stand after Charlottesville, but um, I think he's more or less an ally. Well, and if I you look at his Twitter, naked movies. If you look at his, well, yeah, he probably is. But if you look at his Twitter feed and the things that he says, he's spoken out against Trump on several occasions. Uh, especially, you know, with the Dreamers and immigration, uh, you know, the central things that were a part of his uh, governorship there in, in California. And Calif- wh- whatever goes in California usually goes across the country, you know. Uh, that's, just the, that's just the way it is. But as far as Democrats are concerned, they don't have anybody right now that could run against Trump and win. No one at all. If Joe Biden decided to throw his hat in there, maybe. But he would have to have the support of the entire Democratic Party. So you don't think there's a celebrity should like an Oprah Winfrey or someone decide to go in? Absolutely not. What would you give like a Michelle Obama? Um, I would support a Michelle Obama if she wanted to, you know, run for the presidency, but I seriously doubt that's going to happen. Um, she doesn't seem to have any political aspirations at all. Is she qualified to do the job? Yes, more than more than Trump. Yes. So, Lisa, do you have if you just could pull someone out to run against Trump? Do you have a do you have someone that could give him an opposition? I know. Of course, well, I'm see, that's where I guess I'm different. I'm over both sides. <laughs> Um, I, I'm tired of Republicans and Democrats pointing fingers at each other and, you know, saying the Republicans are at fault for this and the Democrats are at fault for that. And, you know, I, I just want them to stop acting like spoiled kids and figure the shit out. Find a way to fix things. If something's wrong, work together to fix it. And that, that doesn't happen. Well, well, no, because that, 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 that's know, because we have a two-party system. All the freaking time. You know, so if we could get it's away, devolved, it's devolved incredibly over the last twenty, twenty-five years. Well, yeah, I it's mean, a travesty. I, you know, uh, yeah, I can remember two thousand eight, seeing Nancy Pelosi blaming George W. Bush. For the bank failures and the home loan scandals, when all those things happened 
because of bank deregulation put in place by the Clintons. And, and Clinton did sign that, that, that you know, uh, leg, legislation. It, and, you know, it goes on. It's one of those things that's going to go on well for a number of years, and then it's going to all come crashing down. That wasn't the administration at that time when it happened. No, it but the administration that's in place gets blamed for everything. Right. But, I mean, you know, like I said, Nancy Pelosi actually blamed the Bush administration for bank deregulation that was put in place by the Clintons. Well, there were people out there blaming – And that blaming, was Nancy uh, Pelosi turned me from a staunch Democrat into an independent. Well, well, you also have to remember, too, that, that you know, just uh, a couple of years ago when – or, I'm sorry, five years ago when President Obama was running for re-election, people were mad at him for not showing up to Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans uh, when he wasn't even the president. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. He was a senator in Illinois. Exactly. And, you know, it, it's just, you know, that's the game of well, politics. The, the, whole the, world, the one side is always blaming the other. It's, it's not even that. People, now people want to be, I think society has devolved into a bunch of third graders. And we all well, you know, want gratification. That... And we all want, if something, we don't like something, we want to have a temper tantrum and have it changed immediately. Or the temper tantrum continues. Well, I think well, the biggest solution to all of this, Sean. Except I mean, Sean, Lisa. I think the biggest, I think the biggest way to fix all of this, number one, is not to dissolve the political parties, but that's to make everyone, every single one of them in Washington, live by the same standards, the same rules, and everything that they put down on us. And they don't do that. This is a group of people that can take away 60% of our wages and our income, but these cocksuckers still live off a quarter of a million dollars every year uh, for the rest of their life with free health insurance and that and the other while we still pay for it. So yes, I you're absolutely you, right. I guarantee you that if you told these assholes that they had to pay for their own health care by the standards that they put forth for the American people – and if they weren't getting the shit for free, and they were getting paid seven fifty to eight dollars an hour, or whatever, you know, ten, fifteen, eleven dollars an hour, whatever it is, I guarantee you, you would see a drastic change in the way policies made. Yeah. Well, of course you would, but that's not going to happen. I mean, you have these elitist politicians that have been in office for you know sometimes twenty, thirty, forty years. They like the status quo, and it's on both sides of the fence, Republican and Democrat. You know, if you look at conservatives, what are they really looking to conserve? What, screwing over the middle class and destroying America? What are, what are Democrats really wanting to change? Not much, because they've gone along with the status quo and not changed a goddamn thing. No, and I think what you see with the Republican Party is they're trying to hold on to that one segment of the population that they like – the Democrats are trying to do whatever they can to look good for any minority and or, you know, whatever vote they can get. And, and I don't honestly, Sean, and I don't think they give two shits about African-Americans. 
I don't think they give a shit about dreamers. I don't think they give a shit about any of these people that they're so-called activists for. All they give a shit about well, is their vote to elect them into office. That, and that same thing with the Republicans and who they target. Well, the Democrats have the problem with identity politics where they're you know, going for the – uh, activist movements like you just mentioned where it's the LGBT community uh, the African American community but let's look at what Democrats have really done. They destroyed their base which were the unions in this country. The unions that allowed us to have weekends off the unions that allowed us to have an eight day I mean an eight hour work day give us benefits, health care all the things that have happened. The Democrats sat there and let the Republicans destroy unions all over this country with their right to work state laws. And they have destroyed Detroit and, and allowed all of this to happen. And they destroyed their base doing that. So if a lot of people that used to work in Detroit for these automotive companies have turned and are voting for Trump, who blames them? And see, Michael asked what we were talking about. He had to step out of the, the room for a minute. Michael, what we were talking about was I asked Sean and Lisa, and I'll ask you, is there someone that you honestly think could oppose Trump in 2020 and legitimately have a shot to win? Now, the shocking thing of all this was that Lisa said no, and, and actually Sean said no. I literally, in my honest opinion, you guys thought that if a lady like Oprah was to run for president or a Michelle Obama that I, I'm just talking about opposition. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's very rare to see a Republican president ousted from his second term by his own party. That, Unless that, you're Bush first. Do what? Unless you're, uh, you know, uh, Bush, Herbert Walker Bush. Well, that's true. But no, I mean, but no. and, that was that was more due to Ross Perot throwing his hat into the ring and getting a lot of support. And, and the fact that he lied to the American people about raising taxes. Uh, so. Dwayne Johnson. Celebrities aren't a threat. What? Celebrities are not like, a threat. Well, let me ask you this, Sean. As, but but hold on. Before you answer that, and he asked, is Donald Trump not a celebrity? Uh, but, Sean, as much disdain as there appears to be for Donald Trump, like with the media and things of that nature, is the American public that fed up with Donald Trump or is that the narrative being pushed out in the media? Because well, if you look that... at it from Go ahead. Is that not your perception? I mean my perception my perception is is the from what I see in the studies that were taken and I wanted to find this and I couldn't do it. I heard it on a blurb the other day on ninety six point five the answer driving into work. Um that they did a study, and of all the presidents in history, Donald Trump has made has been attacked in a negative manner on the front page 
of his off of his presidency more than any president actually more than the last three or four presidents combined it's been ne- negative uh, on the front page of any of the media for the most part has been negative 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 and so that's what i'm saying so is this a media narrative or has america grown tired of donald trump and when you guys tell me no that there's nobody that can oppose him for a second term that absolutely blows my mind because well, I no, thought I we think... were at a point where we're just trying to go through the next three years with him just so we can sweep him under the rug in 2020. No, not at all. His base is solid. The people that voted for Donald Trump are going to vote for him no matter what because he appeals to the evangelical Christian right. He appeals to the alt-right. He appeals to conservatives. He's given them what they want. He has helped with the tax break. He has helped giving the one percenters more money and screwed over the middle class. That's what they wanted. They got everything that they wanted. And when they stop getting everything they want, then they'll turn on him. Not until then. I don't think that he, I think that there's a lot of his base that is really kicked off in here because there hasn't been a wall yet. I think that there's a lot yep. that who's pissed off at him. <laughs> I think that the ones that voted for him for the wall, especially, you've heard people say that they're angry with him because it seems like he's turned into a politician and hasn't backed up a lot of his promises. I've seen so, on CNN. So who in this panel support Donald Trump having a wall built on the Mexican border? I, I don't. I think it's a fucking waste of money. I think it is too. You're talking about trying to shut out a freaking So you just have a bunch of extremist right wing, you know, racists that support that idea, putting a wall up because they know it's a waste of money, and that they're going to get through anyway because the majority of illegals come through on planes. Um, that's that's another misnomer right there. Or they'll find a way around it or under it. I mean, they're very industrious. Yeah, I mean, a wall isn't going to stop people from coming into America. I mean, borders, no, no, borders, by their very. I mean, that that but, is exactly what I'm saying, Sean. I mean, they yeah, build tunnels to avoid customs crossings. They're going yeah, to build tunnels under a wall. Yeah, but but the whole idea of borders are 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 just stupid anyway. We shouldn't have borders. We have one planet, one species. We should be taking care of this planet and not worry about who comes and goes where they go. But, Sean, you also look at the fact that now he's trying to work it into the tax system where the American public pay for it, and that's starting to piss off a lot of people who were really legitimately, for whatever fucking reason, expecting Mexico to pay for it. Anybody that thought Mexico was going to pay for it is a fucking idiot. I agree. <laughs> there are people out there that say, oh, repeal DACA because the Democrats refused to put in some funding for his law. So, well, that's a good point to bring up right there. How much money has everyone gained in this tax bill credit right now on their paycheck every week? I got an extra $20. Give me two. $20. That's all I got. I've, I noticed my check increased by about 17 to $18. Yeah, by the way, and some people you, have had uh, as little as $1.50. By the way, not to take away from the subject, but uh, Lisa, yes, we've, I vape. I get it. 
Lisa, Lisa's sharing a meme with us. In the sub Vapor Studios, it is uh, some dog with its cold breath showing in. Check this out. Check it out, Michael. It says, bro, we get it. You vape. It's a beautiful German Shepherd. As well. German Shepherd. Speaking of that, ladies and gentlemen, I also want to tell everybody listening, uh, obviously we know that smoking is a huge epidemic in America. It seems to be on the decline with with the vaping movement, as I have been using this uh, vaping for since July 5th without having smoked a cigarette, and I do feel better. Next week on the show, we're going to have uh, a gentleman that owns a vape shop in Arkansas, in the area, um, but he's also on the Arkansas Vaping Advocacy Board, and he's going to come on to talk about the legislation, the FDA, and a lot of other issues involving vaping, and then how big tobacco and FDA is trying to step in. In fact, not too long ago, there was a study done that said vaping causes cancer. Come to find out there was a few misleading facts that were thrown out there that have been disproven, uh, in that scientific study that was released. So not sure if anybody else is interested in hearing all that, but, you know, anytime I can attack the FDA and, and big tobacco, I'm down with that. Well, another interesting thing about that, too, is that Philip Morris has announced that they are getting out of the tobacco business altogether by the next 10 years. And they're not even going to be in the vaping business. They're going to go into something else altogether. So I think vaping is the future. That's what's going to happen. Well, and there was a, and, and we'll talk to Topher Kent, uh, who owns a vape store. Uh, and, and he's a part of that Arkansas uh, vaping advocacy group. Um, but there was a deal going around and we'll talk more about that as we go along next week. But Philip Morris and the big tobacco company, Sean, were actually going in at one time and trying to purchase some of the top juice manufacturers, um, in the vaping business because they they see, yeah, they see where the, where the future of this is going. I mean, cigarette sales are down. Thank God. Cigarette sales are down. It's a nasty habit. It's horrible. And and I did I know, it for so I'm enjoying long. that cigarette right now. It's so disgusting. Yes, it is. It's that well, Sean, you you're excused from that, but no, I mean and, and but I mean, you know, I don't have a problem. Well, I mean, Sean, what is your take, like legitimately seriously on the whole vaping situation? Like, do you know enough about it to even comment on it or do you have an issue with it at all as a you know? I don't have an issue with it at all. I mean, if it's a if it's a healthier alternative to smoking, then that's cool. Uh, eventually this year, I'm going to quit smoking altogether. I don't plan to pick up vaping. That's just me personally. I don't like it. You know, I've tried it. I, I don't. It's just my personal preference. I prefer to smoke, and I enjoy smoking a lot. But, uh, again, it's not healthy for you. It's going to kill me someday if I don't quit, so I plan to quit this year. Well, I, I hope that you do find that, that – I hope you are able to uh... – you know, uh, it's helped me. I, I've done things with vaping that I've never thought would be imaginable. I've sat back and thought about it today. Being February the 5th, this marks, what, six, seven months now. Seven months since I've actually smoked a cigarette. And, Sean, we've worked together many a times. You know I was a smoker. Yeah, right. <laughs> both of us. And uh, I haven't touched a single cigarette since July 5th, so... 
you know, I mean, the, the worst I feel like I've put inside uh, my lungs is, is now, you know, a small amount of nicotine. Um, I haven't done that. I don't have the harsh chemicals added to cigarettes, but like, again, a uh, different subject for a different day. Uh, but wanted to let everybody know out there listening, February 12th, the show, we are going to have this gentleman on. We're going to be talking all things. We're not going to really, I mean, I guess we will get into you know, the aspects of vaping, but really want to get in there and talk about some of the issues, the legislation aspect of vaping, because there's an attack on the, on the vaping community, uh, for sure. And, um, a lot of it's, uh, unfounded stuff, but a lot of it's scare tactics from, uh, big tobacco. And, and obviously uh, probably a lot of drug manufacturers don't want to see this implemented health change because Sean, I think you and Lisa would both agree that the pharmaceutical company makes a living getting people hooked on the opiates like the painkillers and shit like that and, and cancer treatment. Because I'm sure they can follow this shit, but it's cheaper to keep you sick and medicated than it is to keep you healthy and educated. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree yeah. with that. Uh, the pharmaceutical companies don't don't care about people. If they did, they wouldn't have the prices as high as they do. And they wouldn't spend so much uh, money on advertising. They'd actually put that money into research. And, you know, you look at Canada right now. Canada's claiming that they have a cure for cancer. And if that's true, you better watch out because America's going to shut the doors on Canada next and put up a wall to keep them from trying to cure people from cancer. I saw there was something on Facebook the other day about there was a cure for cancer that actually tested and had worked. Um, And, you know, Slowly but surely now, the AIDS epidemic doesn't seem as deadly as it as it once was. Maybe we're more educated to it. Or, you know, if you, I mean, I guess you still, you know, I look at Magic Johnson, but obviously he has had the fortune of, of having a lot of money. Just like pancreatic cancer with Patrick Swayze, that seems to be a, a very short-term death sentence. But he was able to continue for two years before he succumbed to it. So obviously... Uh, you know, maybe down the road we'll we'll get a guest or something on to talk about the pharmaceutical industry and and its grip on the American pocketbooks as well. Because uh, that would be a great show. I'm not show. a big fan of them. I hate them. Like I literally despise the far. And and another thing too, I wanted to get into uh, is I will apologize to to anyone that's ever heard me say that opiates aren't an issue. Because I, Sean, I'm telling you, a, a documentary that you need to watch, and maybe you've watched it already. It was made by HBO. It's called, um, no, no, it's actually called Excuse Me, or uh, Warning, This May Actually Kill You. I don't know if Got that's you. the accurate title or not. I found it on YouTube, and I will share it with you along Facebook. But it's a, a documentary HBO did where it, uh, talked about how these doctors prescribed the, these, this one late, this, well, it was several different people, but this one story was two sisters and they prescribed this lady, this, this one sister, a ton of uh, painkillers because she was having kidney issues and pain and, and all this. And it, it actually got them both hooked on painkillers. The sister did it. Uh, that transpired into heroin because it was a, you know, a quicker, better high. And the sister actually OD'd on it. Um, and it killed wow. her. There was a mother that lost everything because she would literally break her hand to go get more pain pills. She OD'd on it. And it I did not realize 
to the extent of the, of that problem too. So that's another issue that I wouldn't mind tackling down the road in the future. Yeah, we definitely need to talk about the opiate issue. You know, a lot of people don't realize that the person that created the uh, or invented the syringe, the syringe that people use for narcotics like heroin, different types of medication. Uh, his wife died of a heroin overdose. Um, the opiate epidemic is just running rampant here in this country. Uh, a lot of it comes out of Mexico and comes straight in. You know, uh, if you watch another HBO documentary called uh, Meth Storm, you'll see Arkansas right there, you know, in all of its glory with all the meth heads uh, showing you how easy it is to get a hold of it, get hooked on it and everything else. Yes. Um I mean, it's it's bad. Like it's legitimately bad. I know we have several towns that are uh, have like uh, Mayflower. You know, that's been renamed Methflower amongst a lot of people. My um, alma mater. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Sean, you know for a fact though that that it's called Methflower at times. You know. Um, yeah. yeah. And then you have Crystal Hill, the area they, you know. Uh, and that's the legit name of it, but it's it's bad. And, and you know, and it's at one time it was you know something that only a few did, and now it seems to be it doesn't matter. You know, at one time meth was known as a white man's drug, and I think now it's it's gone everywhere. I think meth and crack and all that shit are just not even doesn't matter who you are anymore. It used yeah. to be, you know, a race thing. Now it's just a whatever. Let's just get up type shit. Well, you know, people have a real problem dealing with their pain, and that's a legitimate issue. And when they go to a doctor and get prescribed pain medication and get hooked, there should be something done about that to help them get off of it. And the pharmaceutical companies aren't interested in that at all. Uh, there was a study done back in the 30s. And there was a national coalition that was created to try to create painkillers that weren't addictive. Seventy years later, it was closed down because they couldn't do it. You know, it's it, it's an unfortunate truth in America that we need to find a solution to this issue because it is killing people by the million. Well, goddamn, we have a, well, we have what's called pain clinics, and. Their main function is to you're not to feel pain, and so what do they prescribe you? The methadone, fucking morphine, and oxycontin. A lot of those, a lot of those are just pill mills. Yeah, they're, they're yes, not they are. Legitimate treatment. They're they're uh, go in, get a prescription. They prescribe more than. A month, they don't really monitor. You know, it's, it's yeah. pretty bad. And, and, and some of these pill mills, too, have been, you know, investigated by the DEA uh, for ordering hundreds of millions of dollars worth of pills for one small clinic. And the bureaucracy has been tied up because of the pharmaceutical companies making profits off of these small pill mills. And the DEA can't do their job to stop this epidemic, and it's uh, it's frustrating. I just read a book about it recently. It's 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 just a travesty. Yeah, and 
And you know, Sean, our guest from a couple of weeks back, uh, Bill Allen, uh, prime example of of a road that you can go down should you get hooked on that. I mean, he was a speed freak, uh, you know, self admitted, robbed of uh, pharmacies. So the 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 danger is real, you know. And I know a lot of people. I've known a lot of people that have done it um, with the aspect in mind of. Eh, it is what it is. I mean, it, let's face it. You can go out and smoke a joint and and do whatever you got to do. You're not going to sell your entire home furnishings for that next high. But you get into some of that bigger stuff and, and you're like, but I think that's the misconception is, is people see it and they do a decent job of trying to prevent it to a degree and in that faces of meth advertisements but uh i don't think people realize just what kind of grasp that stuff will have on you yeah yeah you know um, well, that's like that documentary meth wars too when, when if you ever get a chance to watch that on hbo again it's here in, in arkansas it's in saline county and you know there's a mother that's uh shown on there she got both of her sons hooked on it one went to prison the other is just a paranoid schizophrenic uh, he's just you know, a complete mess. And the mother has no remorse. She doesn't blame herself at all. And that's because of the, uh, the result of the drug addiction. Yeah. That's a, the accountability though, for, for things like that too, goes out the window as soon as you do it. Cause, cause I guess you just don't feel like you, it's your fault at all. You know, I don't, I mean, that's best way I can describe it. Uh, you know, well, I guess we, have takes... a, we, we have a victim's mentality here in this country, in our society. And when people get hooked on drugs, they try to say, oh, well, it's not my fault. But, you know, honestly, it is. If you tried the drug, you know, not everybody is as pretty as I am. They won't do, you know, I mean, they do these drugs. I won't do a drug that'll make me look ugly or lose my teeth. I just can't do that. Well. Yeah. Yes, we do not want your perfect hair falling out. But we were no, going to segue out of, out of this. The, the hell, it would be a fucking tragedy. We would have to set aside some kind of uh, victim's hotline for you. We'd have yeah. to burn all our pictures a, of me on the walls. Yes, we would have to have a state of the hair address. <laughs> Give. Yes, in fact, Sean, I'm going to need you to write a five-minute speech. Because that new segment's going to be State of the Hair Address by Sean Castleberry. <laughs> Will do. Will do. We're going to need you to talk about the latest and greatest uh, uh, hair products. We're going to try to get a Vidal Sassoon or someone to sponsor that. Um, well, I've actually gotten into beer, beard care products as well because I have a whoa. majestic beard. Let me ask you something, though, Sean. In all of your hair hair growth, Please yes. tell me you manscape though. You're a manscaper, right? Oh, absolutely not. I am a Wookie. <laughs> oh no! Whoa! <laughs> no European going on. No uh, Brazilian. I, I so pride myself doing... on my. I pride myself on my Neanderthal looks. So, so, so here's here's what I envision. Obviously, it's blurred out for censorship in my own mind, but I just imagine. I, 
I just no, it's not smooth down there. Apparently, to what Sean says, he's got he's got Brent fucking Ferguson growing in his crotch. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a tropical rainforest. So I see. Here's what I see. Like let's let's picture this by you know blurt blocked out obviously. But when Sean gets ready to go do the magic thing and he pulls his pants down, I swear to God, all I can hear, I can hear the, the underwear coming off, the banana hammock backing out of the way, and and you hear the Chewbacca sound. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Are you sure it's not an Ewok? No, no, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> wow, we just really did turn into the Howard Stern show. Yes, we we have actually I can list that off my bucket list now. I've actually made the pulse a Howard Stern type show for a brief moment. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Yep. We just we just made, uh, Michael is wearing his uh uh Hello Kitty uh panties. <laughs> And is the kitten. No, but you don't understand, Lisa. He's got to have the kitten. He can't have a full cat because then that would just be overkill on what he's trying to, to cover up. Whoa. I, I'm telling you, we talked about this before the show went on the air, and we'll leave it at that. All right. But I'll give you two two words, inchworm and turtleneck. I'm done. You know what? <laughs> I think we should get off mine. Let's <laughs> talk about yours, Brad. Well... Well, we just did. That's a short subject, kind of like my wedding night. So anyway, now that we got uncomfortable in here, I have this big microphone sticking in front of my face. It's weirding me out all of a sudden. Uh, Mike, why don't you go ahead and uh, let's kick it to a commercial, and when we come back, we're going to get back to more politics here on The Pulse. Staying up to date with Talk Radio 49 has never been any easier. Go to Facebook, look up Talk Radio 49. If there's a particular show that you were interested in, check it out. American Idiots Podcast, Behind the Curtain, and many more. Also, hit us up on Twitter. That's Talk Radio underscore 49 on Twitter. Again, staying connected is all up to you. It's social media and Talk Radio 49 working to keep you connected. Are you looking for the best deals for your vaping needs and accessories? Then check out the guys at Sub Own Vapors. With daily specials on a wide selection of mods and juices, they will surely become your one-stop shop. Ray and the guys at Sub on Vapors located at 6929 JFK Boulevard, Suite C in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Want to see you? Join them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, visit the store or call 501-392-6487. Sub on Vapors. 
vape it like you built it. Man, I love that. I just love that right there. Absolutely love that. Uh, and uh, Sean, I tell you right now, we're going to go back to the Super Bowl for just a second, uh, just a minute. I All wanted right. to talk about, you talked about Star Wars. I really yes. wanted to talk about this new USA uh, special that's coming out about the Notorious Big uh, B.I.G. And, and Tupac. That looks very interesting to me. Well, if it weren't on the USA Network, it probably would be, but, you know, since it is, I'm probably not going to see it. I don't have cable. Well, you, I'm sure, Sean, there are venues throughout the Internet that will allow you to watch that YouTube TV. Um, but not that, not that we have a sponsor. I wish we did. But, uh, yeah, hey, YouTube TV, all four of us going to need a free subscription to that. Sean yeah. needs that stat quick. Hey, we just got some breaking news in that uh, Donald Trump has been advised by several lawyers to refuse an interview with Mueller as part of the Russian probe, according to a new report on Huffington Post. Oh, wow. But do you really blame that, though, Sean? No, again, it's not going to amount to anything. It's just uh, something that came across my feed real quick. So here's what we're gonna here's what we're gonna So here's where we need to go with this, Sean. We've got thirty thirty something minutes left in the show. Uh a huge market meltdown occurred today as the Dow dropped a ton of points in a huge sell off, I guessing in front of fears of inflation and the Fed which don't even get me started on the fucking Federal Reserve because that son of a bitch isn't even associated with the United States government, but yet they have more fucking power than the government. No, no, seriously. And I don't give a shit if you're laughing over there or whatnot. The Federal Reserve is not a part of the fucking government. It is a private-owned bank. Right or wrong? No, you are right about that. The Federal Reserve is federal Federal Express. And and they dictate the inflation rate, the uh, uh, interest rate, and all of this shit. And they're a private-owned bank. It's bullshit. Oh, uh, hold on. I'll yeah, take a, my tinfoil hat off. I'm sorry. No, no, it is a privately-owned bank, and it, it, it's a centralized bank to control the money in America. Thomas Jefferson fought against this. Uh, you know, it's it's something that never should have happened in, in American society. In fact, there are only two countries in the world that don't have a centralized bank. One is North Korea. The other is Iran. And they just happen to be public enemy number one and two in America. So, am I, at least, Sean, am I correct in thinking, is this Federal Reserve, does this have anything to do with the whole, like, Rothschild deal that goes around, circulates the conspiracy webs? A lot of people talk about it that way, uh, especially your... uh, who is it? The the Infowars guy? Oh, Alex Jones. Yeah, Alex Jones. There's really nothing wrong with Alex Jones in in some cases. Some cases he's a fucking whack job. But well, when he came out and said that President Obama was a lizard alien, that yes, that's when he lost any credibility at all. He's a lizard person. Yes, I get it. You know, it certain. Now, all the elitists in the world are these lizard people. Apparently, they um, 
they come from some some shit in the center of the earth and they transform into lizards at night or some shit at a certain yeah. time. And you know, not granted. No, you can't be a lizard person, Michael. You don't know how to use your tongue, and you have a small penis. <laughs> Maybe you can be a baby lizard. Michael, just tell Brad to keep his your penis out of his mouth. Keep my penis out of your mouth. Whoa! <laughs> He's a sheeple. He's a sheeple. Yes, you he follow. is. You just followed what Sean told you to do, so shut up, Michael. <laughs> Basically, Michael, now you can't call. You let a liberal convince you what to say, fucking sellout. Shame on you, Sean Castleberry. Go Trump! Well, we just lost listeners. Thanks, Michael. Um, Holy shit. We're done. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to The Pulse. It's been fun. Uh, we're no longer in business. And now, I believe Mueller's at the door and wants to talk to you right now, Michael. So anyway, Sean, what do you make? Like, I don't know shit about the stock market as and, and things of that nature, this yeah. big market meltdown, what do we make of this, Lisa and Sean? I mean, what do you make of this? Um, I would say that it's not really going to affect anything at all. It's only 1,170 points. Uh, it is the largest drop in the history of the stock market, but we've also had the largest gain in the stock market, stock market history over the last 10 years. So is this really going to affect the economy? No, not at all. It's just a bull market. This shit happens. So, totally is agree. this a direct... Oh, go ahead, Lisa. I'm sorry. I totally agree. It's a, it's more or less a market correction that's been due. Uh, and it's not yeah. going to have that much of an effect. Yeah, and if a few millionaires... You, yeah, if a few millionaires lose a few million dollars, oh, well. And speaking and, of, honestly, getting away from the stock market for just a minute, you, you brought up, you know, a few millionaires losing a bunch of money. What do you make, Sean, of uh, the – the? Uh, I don't know if he's been identified and or if he will even be identified, but the gentleman that they called Better X, speaking of the Super Bowl, who placed $2 million on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl at – Pretty heavy odds, considering they were not the favorite. Well, I hadn't even heard of that yet. Yes, before the Super Bowl, there was a gentleman that went by the name of Better X. And he confirmed, put down $2 million on a Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Well, that's a very wealthy man tonight. Well, we were talking, and and I honestly think, obviously, the guy didn't save up $2 million over the course of his lifetime and go, I'm just waiting for that one goddamn Super Bowl to bet on. Oh, I found it. Well, first of all, let me – here's where I think we're talking about the downfall of American society. First of all, there's two stories. A couple of Super Bowls ago, that fucking moron that tattooed – that Super Bowl victory on his arm. There was another guy that I was reading two weeks ago that he's a diehard Patriots fan, so he had tattooed on his back all of the Super Bowls that the Patriots won. He included, Including this one. 
He included this one. Now, he has a great game plan, so he better hope that everybody stays around because should the uh, should the Patriots win the next, next year's Super Bowl, he's just going to add another eye to that, and he'll be in the clear. But right now, the son of a bitch gotcha. has at winning Super Bowl 52. I mean, nice. how – I mean, that's about as – no, but the mentality of people just to like first of all, dude, that's it like sounds like something Michael your, would do. Michael tattooed his ex wife's name on his chest. No, he didn't, did he? Well, Michael's never been married, but he may or may not have uh like he's contemplating like the girl he's talking to now, he's he's getting inked up with her name somewhere. No, no, or that's not something. gonna happen. No. Well, he actually asked the tattoo artist. He asked my tattoo artist to tattoo a hundred dollar bill on his pecker, but got pissed off when it ended up being fifty cents. <laughs> hey, I've got a question for Michael. <laughs> yes, sir. Mike, Michael, what do you think of Michelle Bachman saying that God didn't tell her to run for the Senate, so she's not going to? If you guys might want to move away from Michael at this point. Lord, strike me down if I'm being, you know, terrible. But, I mean, honestly, I believe in God. I, you know, I believe in Jesus was my Savior, all that good stuff. But I don't think, I don't think God's ever spoken to me. I don't think we've ever had a conversation like stuff, bro. Beers in the fridge, you know. Wow. You know, I don't think we've ever had a conversation like that. Wow. So, I mean, I don't think that, I, I mean, but then again, G-Dub said that God told him to run for president, so, I mean. I still have this whole thing when you were created, Michael. Like, I believe that God was sitting there tanning you body parts, and he just found this one flap of skin, didn't have anywhere to go with it, and he was like, <laughs> boom, right there, dick for Michael. So, nice. Right, I mean, Come to find out, it was a piece of an earlobe. Sorry. Yes, God speaks to me all the time. God bless it. I pray every day. Yes, my Sean, Lisa, I have to tell you this. I have to tell you this, right? So, Lisa, are y'all ready for this story? Okay. Yeah. So, so Michael has a tradition of he eats once a day. It's four lights. He smashes four TV dinners at 830 every night, right? So, yes, sort of God. Um, So he will, and whenever we go out to eat or something, we'll all have our food, and and here I am being a heathen and shit, and, uh, you know, the, the whole primitive caveman. I'm stabbing. Look, dude. You put your, you, look, my food is like the United States. I have a fucking no-fly zone, and I will Patriot missile your ass. I will fork the shit out of your hand if you invade my space, like, right there. I'm just telling you. <laughs> look, look, dude, I will go DEFCON 3 on your fucking arm if you reach in my plate vicinity. I'm just saying. So, anyway, so Michael does this whole deal where he's, like, you know, praying and all that immediately following him telling the Lord to bless his food and all this other stuff, he bumps his knee on the table. 
Or he stubs his toe, and the words verbatim that come out of his mouth, Jesus tits, God fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) At which point, at which point, not to offend any Christian base or anything, but at which point I totally hope that some invisible force just would bend Michael over the couch. (laughs) Like that scene from Scary Movie. Oh, that's terrible. You know, because I got to tell Michael every time you yawn, it goes sticks a dick in your mouth. Nice. But yeah, that was his exact quote was, Jesus tits, God fuck me. That is, that is <laughs> so, very Christ-like, Michael. I'm very proud of you. Thank you, John. Yes. Yes, the... The the atheist in the group understands your pain, Michael. Let's talk about what you say every time you see. I don't understand anything about Michael. Not either. Yeah, you can't talk about shit people say. When I sneeze, what do I say? Sneezing sucks. It's it's the world's worst. Sucks. I do not ask God to procreate with me. Yes, I say GD, but I do not ask God to physically satisfy me in that nature, you I, sick bastard. I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't satisfied when I stubbed my toes. Well, so Michael's asking God to make him a power bottom? Is that what you're saying? Whoa! Whoa! Absolutely. No! Yes. That's pretty sick, That's, Michael. It is. Lisa, so your thoughts on Michael's uh, perversion as far as that goes I don't know him well enough to comment on that Oh my goodness Well he Why? He's something else You're something else <laughs> So you so, so getting back to the Michael Stop Now I want so to get, correct y'all on the Federal Reserve It was established by the Federal Reserve Act of 1913 Congress has the power to amend the Federal Reserve Act, which it has done, and its members are appointed by the president. So I'd say that pretty much ties it up with the federal government. But it's still a private bank. Well, it it oversees all of the private banks in the country. Yes, but it, it... And it is a, in itself is a private bank that is not held accountable by anyone. Well, but the Federal President, Reserve can do whatever it wants. I would think that Congress would have something to say about that. And, and the only person in Congress that does have anything to ever say about that is uh, Ron Paul. Go, Ron Paul! And he's adamantly against it. Uh, they do report to Congress. They do annual reports to Congress, so they are overseen by Congress. Um, I just, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I, don't know that of, it's really, I mean, you can't go and open up an account in the Federal Reserve Bank. No, no, you no, can't. You can't but it issues course, currency, and uh, well, the Federal Reserve, 
issues currency, the federal bank doesn't. I just, I don't know. I, I don't like the fact that, I mean, even if the president appoints these people and Congress oversees them to a degree, I, I still view it as a private deal. I mean. Damn the man. Well, Federal Reserve Bank, like I said, it oversees banks in the United States. In a technicality, if I you guess can't go to a Federal private. Reserve and open an account, it's not a private bank, I don't think, in that sense. But they really don't do anything to help the American people. I mean, look at Bank of America screwing everybody over for the past 30 years. No one's done anything to hold them accountable. I think that that – hang on just a second. Now, I, I mean, I think technically you can call it a private institution. But my deal is this: if you're if you if your leader has to be appointed by the president of the United States in the federal government in the executive branch, and that of the federal government is overseeing who your chairperson is or whatever the fuck you want to call it, then you're a fucking federal entity. To a degree. Yeah. But you don't have the full accountability to the federal. To me personally, that's how I feel. Well, they they report to Congress. So well, they report uh, they report what they want to to Congress. Supervise and regulate banking in the United States. Well, they're doing a terrible job. Yes. So I have a question. Getting. Getting away from this, y'all, Lisa mentioned, and as I do agree at times, that Ross Perot heavily influenced the uh, elections. And obviously, Michael just stated Gary Johnson for a president. Do do you think ever in our lifetime that we're going to see an independent uh, candidate legitimately win the presidency? And and, and I know that a lot of people are probably going to say no. But I believe that that we are a country that's defied a lot of of our miscon whatever of of these possibilities on the aspect that twenty years ago did, would you have ever thought that a gentleman like Barack Obama would have been elected president? I agree with that. Well, the history of the country has shown we've had several different political parties, like the Whigs and the Tories, and you know now we're down to a two-party system. Uh, we also have the Green Party and the Libertarian Party. Will the Green or Libertarian ever win a presidency? Anything's possible. I think, Sean, you'll agree with me on this, though. Had in this last election Bernie Sanders chose to go the third-party route, he probably would be president today. No, I would disagree with that. Uh, usually third third party candidates don't get the votes that they need. They're not taken seriously. Uh, if you take uh, the Green Party, for example, they had a pretty strong candidate. She was a little wackadoo on some of her views. Uh, I couldn't support her, but I know a lot of people that were supporting Bernie turned to the Green Party once the DNC screwed uh, Bernie over. And that probably helped push Trump into the presidency as well. I just I'm floored though. I really am still am shocked and amazed and 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 whatnot at the comp that 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 neither you Lisa believe that there's somebody that can overthrow Trump like 
I I I I was of of the impression that there was only a select few people that still supported Trump, and that a lot of people had gone away from him. So, but so well, I don't, you're saying I don't support that, Trump by any means. I just don't think that no, there's no, a candidate that's strong enough to run Trump. against him. No, I'm not saying you support Trump, but the 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 conception that I got the conception the that impression conception whatever. Yes, we're making babies. Yes, you finally, you were finally uh, close enough to do something. Um, you found the right angle. Um, anyways, I was always I I was under the impression though that uh, if you listen to the media that that there was hardly anybody that cared for Trump. I still honestly believe that Trump will be a one-term. Well, is the mainstream media biased? As Fox News claims that they are, I don't think that it's so much that they're biased, but they're honest. Um, I would say that Fox News is extremely biased towards conservatives, like MSNBC would be towards liberals. But the regular mainstream media, I think they just want to tell the truth as best they can. Now, have they leaned more to the left over the last few years? I'm sure that they have. Uh, I've seen it during the Trump administration. Uh, the first uh, – Bush administration, the second Bush administration, but but again, uh, they tried to hold uh, President Obama and Clinton both accountable. They they showed all the scandals and everything that were uh, you know thrown at them as well. Sean, I need to ask, and Lisa, I, I don't know what news outlets you guys watch, uh, but um, what was your opinion on Al Jazeera, America? I like Al Jazeera a lot. That, that, that's a I really actually, cool state, uh, station. I thought it was pretty good. I haven't watched it, or I don't even know if it's still around. I, but uh, I well, thought again, their I don't have cable, was, so I thought they're. I think Al Jazeera America is no longer around. Uh, no, they took over. Uh, who was it? Uh, Al Gore's channel that he had, which was called Democracy Now, and then it was Al Jazeera America, which they did a very decent job. And I don't, I don't know that they exist anymore, but, you know, uh, a really good news outlet to look at if you want to look outside of America, BBC. The BBC is a great news organization to look at because, you know, they aren't as biased as most of the American uh, media is. And you can get a clear perspective from the outside, and that's what a lot of people need to look at. I mean, Lisa, do you have a like? Let's let's be honest. Fox News is not fair and balanced. We get that. Uh, CNN, MSNBC, those guys lean left. Fox is leans right. Lisa, is yeah. there a news outlet that you can go to if you want to be an informed uh, American citizen, where you're not going to get? And I think that's where the media fails people is that instead of reporting the news. And, and this show doesn't claim to do that. We all have our opinion. We don't claim I'm not fair and balancing shit. But yeah, uh, yeah. I only listen um, to the Liberal Snowflake Network. Yes, is there a is MSNBC in that uh, in the Kentucky Derby front runner Rachel Maddow? Um, sorry, that was shitty. But I don't like, I don't care for her at all. In fact, when I, I, I have reveled in the fact that she has had to eat her shit 
on the Trump tax return paper that she just knew was going to come out and expose some shit. And the day that they announced Trump as president, that is some great shit. But no, Lisa Maddow is a hot lesbian. Leave her alone. Oh, Jesus. If you want to watch great television, watch Rachel Maddow covering the Rachel Maddow, sorry. I will be betting on Rachel Maddow in the feature at Oakland in two weeks. She's a silly though. But the problem is, well, I mean, I mean, you know, it is 2018. They could, she could be a gelding. Yeah. No, she could run. Billy can run. But now the problem is, is, they got to bring Maria Shriver into the mix because that horse is tough to beat. You know who I really miss is uh, uh, John Stewart from The Daily Show. John Stewart was amazing. Did you hear Sean said that he would support Arnold Schwarzenegger as president of the United States? So you just talked about a potential first lady of the United States, Brad. Well, first of all, Michael, if you had been listening, he is not a natural citizen of the United States. Therefore, his presidential candidacy can't even happen to begin with. Did you listen? No, you didn't listen. You've got your fucking shirt off over there, and you're doing weird shit, and I don't know what you're doing, but you're not paying attention. All you do is chime in with bogus bullshit. You are Fox News over there. Hey, you know what? I'm fucking Bill O'Reilly. Fuck it, we'll do it live. You're Bill O'Reilly, so you sexually harass uh, women and uh, get argumentative when you get proven wrong. Gotcha. As Sean would say, gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. nice. <laughs> so, Lisa, I asked you, though, like in all legitimacy, uh, is there a news place that you can go to, Sean, and maybe you can chime in too, but, you know, Lisa, is there a news place where someone could go just like, hey, I don't want any of this BS opinion. I just want the story. Well, no, that's getting harder and harder to find. Because no matter what source, you go to, there's always going to be a spin. Uh, what I tend to do is I read, you know, both, I know, you know CNN, I know Fox News, I know the leanings of MSNBC, so I kind of read sources, you know, stories from each one and then kind of put together my own opinion and interpretation and, you know, Anything that sounds too much like hyperbole or ad hominem, I just push it aside and try to stick to the facts that agree among all the different accounts. Yeah. So, Sean, I guess we're getting into that part of the show where we're going to uh, do our closing. What in the hell? Sorry, I'm absolutely. I'm trying to work out a deal with Pornhub to sponsor the Pulse. Does that count? I'm I'm gonna have to veto that one. Yeah, Sean wants to outlaw porn. All right, so here we go. All right, here's what we're gonna do. 
I guess, Lisa, it will, I guess we'll do your segment first, unless you need a few more minutes, and we'll go to Sean for his. We're still going to do it, but we're going to call it, well, well, I guess we can still do the American Idiot of the Week. Sean, do you have an American Idiot of the Week? Always. Michael doesn't count. So do you need a few more minutes, or do you have one? I've got one. I'm ready. Uh oh. Well, go ahead, Sean. So you're are you ready to go, Sean? Uh, no, not just yet. All right. Well, we will go to Lisa then. Lisa's going to do her famous dumb criminal. All right. Uh, this one is a, a little lesson on the dangers of the butt dial. Uh, New Jersey burglar Scott Robert Esser confessed his crime to police simply by sitting in the wrong position. He was talking to accomplice, and Esther's phone was in his pocket. His phone accidentally dialed 911 and recorded his conversation with his accomplice as to where they took things, what they took, and the fact that all of the stuff they took was in Esther's car. Uh, officers taped the transmission, got a search warrant, went to Esther's vehicle, got all the stolen goods, and they formally acknowledged that they were tipped off by a butt dial. So people, wow. the phone. That's awesome. That, that is, is awesome. Lock it. Yes. Lock your phone. Sean, are you ready? Almost. All right, so I'm going to throw one on Michael. <laughs> just just throwing this out there. Uh I don't know. Give me an inspirational quote, Michael. Uh, <laughs> no, I just need an inspirational quote. First thing that comes to mind. Uh, um, that's Michael's inspirational quote. The backbone of America um, over here. Um, yes. Hold on. Well, while Michael's looking up his inspirational quote of the day, I'm going to go ahead and give you a, a dumb law. And, Sean, I think this may apply to you, and I know it applies to Michael. There's no way that any of us can live in Eureka, Nevada. Why? Because if we lived in Eureka, Nevada, it would be illegal for us to kiss a woman because we have mustaches. Oh, wow. That's fucked up. Yes. It's absolutely stupid. Okay, I got it. Nice. So here's here's Michael's quote of the day, inspirational quote. Only I can change my life. No one can do it for me. Carol Burnett. Wow. Michael bringing out some Carol Burnett. I like it. That's interesting. All right, Sean, Sean, you're up to the, you, you're you're out of the batter's box. You're you're the pitcher's coming All right, out of the pipe. Here we go. All right, I'm ready. Okay, so earlier last week, Rose McGowan was doing a book tour signing for her book Brave, and a trans woman started to verbally attack her and call her a turf because. Rose McGowan has held views against trans women 
imposing themselves on women's faces and being violent towards women. Now, the interesting part about this, why this guy is the idiot of the week, this trans woman, is because he is a sexual predator and has preyed upon young uh, teenage girls and was arrested for that. So that is my idiot of the week. I can't remember the guy's name, but he's a complete asshole pretending to be a woman and attacking women in, what's that? Andy Dyer. Andy Dyer is my idiot of the week. What's that? You're a feminist, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, question. These men had honestly believed that they were born as female. Not this Andy Dyer giggle who sounds like he's a complete asshat. But these men that honestly believed that they were born a woman in a man's body. Yes. Do you support them? Um. Now, you, you're breaking up, so say that again on a better mic. Sorry. Do you support them and their rights as a female? Do I support a man claiming to be a woman because he says he feels that way? Not necessarily. What I support is someone to have the freedom to do what they want as long as they don't harm another person. So if a man wants to mutilate his body and turn himself physically into a female, that's his business. I don't give a shit. But when trans women who are actually men want to impose their views upon actually natural born women, I oppose that because women need their own spaces. Michael, you a rebuttal? Would you like to? Would you like to retort? No, I mean, really, I was just wondering his opinion as far as that goes because you know they do identify as women, so they feel like they. Well, know, Michael, I identify as a billionaire, but the Bank of America isn't going to give me a billion dollars tomorrow. Very true. Very true. I identify as a trillionaire. No, I, I again, I. I've excluded a lot of my liberal friends over this entire issue. Uh, I've been a supporter of the LBGT community for a long time, but the trans community has become extremely violent towards women. And I, that's where you cross the line with me right there. Uh, Being a feminist, I believe that there should be equity and equality for all sexes. Um, Again, with identity dysphoria and claiming that you're the other sex, that's a whole other issue altogether. You can have your safe space apart from women, but you cannot force yourself to be in a woman's place. And that, that, that pisses me off because they're trying to erase women and they're trying to erase gays and lesbians. And I don't like that. Okay. I, I can agree with that to, uh, to an extent. You know, I don't, I, I'm not I'm not popular with the liberals on that stance either because they call me a turf and they say that I'm a bigot and a racist for saying that. And you know you can say whatever you want. I'm going to protect a woman's right over a man pretending to be a woman. Well, and we had this conversation last night with our openly gay friend uh, Ray, uh, Sean. Not this conversation, but we literally had a conversation. 
involving this guy who he's openly gay, um, coolest dude you'll ever meet in your entire life. Uh, yes. But he said he didn't he didn't understand the entire gay move or transgender deal until he actually met a few and got the understanding that they just wanted to feel comfortable within their own body. And that's fine. I, I, I'm not saying you know, that's I don't, not, I don't, uh, there's, there's anything wrong with it. I just personally myself don't understand it. Well, I don't say that there's anything wrong with it. If you want to have your own bathroom in your own space because you're transgendered, I'm perfectly all right with that. But when you insist that you have to be in a women's restroom because it makes you empowered to feel like a woman, that's bullshit. And I will not support that. So you do not believe in the whole unisex bathrooms? No, not at all. Women need a safe space apart from men. Men need their own space apart from women. Trans now, people can have their own well, exclusive space. My worry about it is a man who says, well, I identify as a woman, but he's got the beard and the mustache, still has a penis, no home runs. And he's dressed like a man. And, and that says, is happening. And that is happening all over the world. And if you look at the BBC, uh, they report on it in Canada and Britain. There are men that have beards. They still have their penises. They dress like men, and they claim that they're women, and they're sexually assaulting women, and they're hurting women. And that's just bullshit. That's wrong. Right. That's, Not I all mean, trans people are doing that, though. A, a true a true trans person is out in the world as a woman or a man, depending on what their inclination is. A, a man who feels he's a woman looks like a woman. So you don't even know whether he has a penis or not. Because when he walks in that bathroom, he looks like a woman. I have no problem with that. My, no, I, and I don't have. If they're if they're in that, they need to be in the women's bathroom and see everything that we go through. And maybe they'll think about it and say, mm, "Nope, being a man is probably better." Well, the thing that I have a problem with is that they're trying to relabel naturally born women as cis women, and they repeat this mantra over and over again: "Trans women are real women." Well, no, you're not. You weren't born as a woman. You don't understand what it's like to grow up as a young girl and to be overly sexualized. You know, when you're 11 and 12 years old, men don't understand this. Now, do they have their own uh, problems that they go through? Are they discriminated in different ways? Absolutely. And I, I support their right to have a safe place. But you can't step over women and try to erase women. You know, that's right. That's appropriation. Well, just like they're they're now saying, you know, we're not going to put sex on driver's licenses because it alienates people. What the hell? I mean, come on. Hey, now we can't. I was going too far. And I think it, it, that it, should be private. It should not be out for everybody and your neighbor. I mean, it no, should be it. a decision, a private decision that you make. For yourself, and well, it I, should be private. Well, I also have a problem with these parents that are, that are 
I also have a problem with these parents that are ultra liberal too, that are wanting to give their young children hormones to go ahead and transition them. And they're doing irreparable damage to their biological systems uh, because, I mean, children can't make these decisions. And if they change their mind up too late, you're already fucked up because these hormones will just destroy your body. Again, if an adult chooses to do this and mutilate their body and turn into the opposite sex, absolutely. You have a right to do that. Don't harm anyone else while you're doing it, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a quick question because we're about to end the show. Uh, does everybody know what the Snapchat filters are? No, I don't. No. I just I don't okay, Snapchat. I, what I, I just started tweeting. I just sent I just sent in our in our Facebook Messenger group a, a very funny, a hilarious video of people using the Snapchat filters at the state of the union address uh it is a freaking amazingly funny and uh um so when you get a chance to check that out you will laugh uh i would suggest using the restroom before watching it it is amazingly okay. funny i mean I'm, i enjoyed it i am i'm enjoying it but uh i i think we did a great show again um I think we do a great show every week, despite Michael's efforts to bring us down. Woo! Fight the power! Well, anyway, Malcolm Dumbass. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, we a, a huge uh, show next week. Uh, we're going to uh, be talking about, um, you know, legislation and such. So, you know, you guys have a little time to study, should you want to. I know Sean made the popcorn lung comment uh, a couple shows back about vaping. Um, but uh, I, I feel like if I do if I do want popcorn lung, I'm hoping that it's white cheddar Orville Redenbacher lung. That's what I want. There you That's go. That's what I want. And I want my lungs to be able to get some of that shit you get at the movie theater where you push the button. Self-serve butter machines at the, at the movie theaters are the bomb. The fact that hey, I control... If- how much butter goes on my popcorn? That makes America great for me. If you yes, knew what that butter was, you would never eat it again. No, Do it what? doesn't matter what it is. It's delicious. I worked in a movie theater. Nope. Look, look, Sean. It doesn't matter how disgusting it is. I'll eat it. Sean, That's right, look, I'll tell you right now. I went to Walmart the other day, and and uh, they actually have that shit in a in a in a, in a, a take home thing for your own popcorn at home, it tastes just like yeah. it. I don't give I a shit, the case. They, dude. I don't give a damn if they squeeze that out of a cow's asshole. I'm in. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I I'm in. I I love that, Lisa. No offense, if it's not, whatever's in it, they could I could do a cannonball into a pool of that shit and be just fine. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, you're men, so. Um, and I am. Uh, I am going to I announce. No, I'm going to announce that I have actually physically, the war against my liver has ended. I have called a truce, but now my arteries are starting to fuck with me, and I will take them up down. I promise you. I do not negotiate with terrorists, and my arteries are terrorists. 
So therefore, I'm I'm enacting Operation Cholesterol. Oh, boy. Oh, a big, nice steak and uh, some buttered popcorn that I control how much goes on there. And I'm telling you, when I do it, Sean, like the bottom three-quarters of my tub, dude, is swimming. I'm telling you right now. Oh, yeah, my my lap's wet when I leave the theater. That's how much butter I have on my popcorn. Well, so so were some childhood actors, but. (laughs) Gross. Oh no! I Look, Pee Wee Herman was acquitted. Uh, All he did was bring his chicken in there, and the son bitch wouldn't sit still or be quiet, so he choked it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but no, uh, no I don't care what good. they have in that popcorn. I want to look now just to see what I'm putting in there, but I'm still going to eat it. <laughs> they could call that butter cock, and you would still cover your popcorn with it. Yeah, just like, just like. Cinnabons. I'm telling you right now. I'm serious. They could call that. They could call that uh, 12-inch penis, and I would like. I would totally scream to the top of my lungs when it came to that. Only that I enjoy 12-inch penis. Yes, it is true. Brad loves the cock. <laughs> the cult of cave babe. <laughs> But no, I mean it. It may. Be, it's probably just like anything else. It's good for you. It's probably horrible. It's probably. A, it's probably an offset of the Tide Pod. But I don't give a shit. I would eat a Tide Pod if it had that butter shit on it. I think we should do the uh, popcorn butter Tide challenge. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's have it, Michael Carnahan. You're up first. <laughs> Exactly. Yes. Tell me, uh, tell me if your lungs get, uh, and your stomach get that nice clean Febreze smell. Dude, I'm just telling you, like I, like I'm totally agreeing with Sean though. Like, I literally can't. Like, I have to take 20 showers after I get that popcorn because that grease and oil is like just everywhere. It's so good. It is. It's wonderful. So, Lisa, let me ask you real quick, because you're not going to ruin it for me. I mean, I, I don't care. I drink Heaven Hill sometimes because I'm a broke dick. So I'm, I'm pretty much used, I'm used to drinking some cheap shit. Yeah, it's broke, Michael. It doesn't work. Yes, I have half ones. Okay, but anyway, why are we talking about that? Me, me only have a half working penis still beats the fact that you have a full working any. But yeah, you're part dragon. You got parts dragging all over the place. We've heard that shit before. Um, so Lisa, what is in that butter? Like, I gotta know. Well, I yeah, I don't recall the ingre- the specific ingredients, but uh, it uh, when it's cold, it does not smell very appetizing. Uh, it does not look very. It does not look very appetizing. If you've oh, ever been do. around horses, kind of what it looks like. Been around what? At least, at least the stuff we had when I was at the theater. I it was just put me right off butter on popcorn. Brad, I, would stick my mouth I can't even buy Orville Redenbacher's 
movie theater butter. Oh, dude, I'm telling you right now, when I walk, like, the lady... I'm a woman, and we form those kind of, you know, uh, we form those kind of memories, and that'll put us off something forever. Whereas men, if it doesn't make you puke, and even if it does, in a couple of weeks, you'll try it again. That is true. Well, there's, there's been some instances where I probably wouldn't go back the second time but I was convinced I had some liquid courage, peppermint schnapps of that nature, and I didn't give a shit. I mean, that's how Michael was born. Are you admitting to being his father? Yes, I am. <laughs> had a lot of Taco Bell, Michael. I shit you out. I'm sorry. <laughs> But anyway, like, for real, though, that, like, when I walked, Lisa, I'm telling you right now, it was like, it was like that movie, those movie scenes where you have the big glowing gold light and the tinsel and the fireworks going off and that. And the heart. When I seen self-serve butter, because I, I was not embarrassed to tell that little lady, that little girl or young man or whatever at the, at the counter, how much you want. And they would push it like three times, and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? I'll tell you when to stop. <laughs> John, you know what I'm talking about, Dave. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you when to stop. I know what you're talking about. Yes, yes. You better sue I want every single that fucking button. I want every single kernel covered in that butter. Yes. Like, literally, I want. Some, I would like some popcorn with my butter. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. We had some people like that too. Oh, hey, is Michael so, going to play that 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 intro tonight? No, he he. We don't. Have, we're, we're still we're still working on that. Damn it! Damn it, Michael! Oh, and you know, guys, I saw um, John Mahoney passed away. He played Martin Crane on uh, Frasier. Yeah, Frasier's dad. Um, he passed oh, away damn. today. So, yeah, I love that guy. Throw that out there. He was 77. Started acting at 37. Dude, I watched Frasier. Beg your pardon, Michael? I watched Frasier. Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salad and scrambled eggs. Boom. <laughs> That's a great Get show. Get some of that, new, son. That can be our new intro. Dude, I'm telling you right now. Lifetime, Lifetime used to air Frasier every night, along with the Golden Girls. Hold on, no, shut up. Along with the Golden Girls and Mad About You. Come get you some, son. Come get you some. I love Lifetime, dude. Those, Lisa, the Lifetime movies, the, the, the Lifetime movies are freaking epic. You know, me and Sean are, me and Sean, you know, we try to be sensitive, unlike you, you manly bastard. We don't, we don't, me and Sean actually treat a woman the way they're supposed to. We don't bonk them on the fucking head with the nearest object and go, you me, sleep now. Fuck you, you fucking Neanderthal. (laughs) 
I'm just saying, Sean. You know what I'm saying. You got to be sensitive. It's 2018, bastards. Exactly. Yes. Michael's the fucking caveman from Geico back in the day. <laughs> yes, he is. He goes, he goes, ooh, you look pretty. You come sleep with me now. Fucking Neanderthal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what your belt needs to be tightened up then if it's hanging down to your ankle, homie. You got to remember, Michael, we've uh, done professional wrestling, and I've seen you in the locker rooms. So quit lying. Unless you take your banana with you. That's the only bullet you're having, homeboy. Because you're over here fucking with me about lifetime, dude, and I don't appreciate it. You're a fucker. Hey, first of all, dude, there's a support group for guys that like fucking Lifetime, and I don't appreciate you fucking with me. <laughs> Give me my safe space, bitch. <laughs> oh, I love Lifetime, dude. Me and my ex-wife used to watch Lifetime all the time. It's fucking awesome. Did you guys do each other's hair? I don't know. You know, I try to identify the woman I'm with, and I try to be sensitive to her needs, you piece of shit. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you right now, and, and any woman will know, I'm a fucking guy. I'm going to fuck up, so I need all the brownie points I can get. This is true. Now, Michael, what do you and your boyfriend watch when you're together alone in the evening? Sports Center, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> We watch Sports Center and, and crush beer cans on our fucking head, Sean. Yeah. Man. Nice. Yeah. And we talk about fixing the roof and doing the hot water heater and shit. Sucking. Probably jerk off to Bob Vila. Is you Bob Vila still a thing? I don't think so. When was the last time he was on PBS? No, it wasn't a home improvement. It was this old house. Yeah, this old house. It was fucking great. He fixed, he fixed shit, Michael. Something you don't know how to do. By the way, Lisa, before we go, I want to ask you, what did y'all think about Alexa losing her voice? Freaking hilarious. Oh, yeah, that was the, hilarious. I started to mention that. Uh, that was, was hilarious. Great. And I have actually, uh, I enabled Gordon Ramsay on mine. On my echo. That was hilarious. You don't remember cool. that commotion? goes, how do you make a grilled cheese? And, and Gordon Ramsay goes, it's in the fucking name of the sandwich, dumbass. Yes. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Actually, what I, also another thing that I would like to add to the show, if, if nobody has a problem is, because I love Gordon Ramsay, is I'm going to ask the, the gentleman that does the YouTube channel. Um, people actually... Send Gordon Ramsay pictures of their food, and yeah, um, yeah, and he and he comments on it, and it's hilarious. So I'm going to talk to the guy and maybe see if we can take some of his audio clips and play them back as a segment of the show. Because Sean, I'm, if you have never seen it, it is hilarious. I'm going to look that up as soon as we're done here. It's it's a look. Alonzo Larone, he reads this shit. Gordon yeah, my Ramsey son, responds my back. My son to Jack pictures. and I watch Hell's Kitchen all the time. Oh my God, oh. dude, you ought to hear him talk about people's food. I, I, Lisa, have you seen it? I have seen him, yeah. 
Oh, I've never laughed so hard in my entire life listening to that. I mean, to some of the shit he said. Mm. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. Plus, he does dumbest fails where people fuck up on Twitter and shit, and he just completely broaches them. Sean, you'll get on Alonzo's page and you won't stop for a night, so you might want to wait till tomorrow. Now, do y'all have echoes? No. I do not. I don't like the thing on me. They are cool. I just don't know if I'm big on having something. Hey, uh, play some music. That's weird. That's what I have Michael for anyway. It's cool. Oh, it is cool, but I have Michael. Here's what's cool. And, you know, you can tell it good morning. Um, she has different different uh, skills. So you tell her, you know, to, to insult somebody, like you go tell her, go talk to Michael about his love life. And uh, <laughs> she would, she would uh, have something to say about that. But yeah, but that's so the least cool. I have. I literally have Michael. Like I can go, Michael, go me a Dr. Pepper, and literally a Dr. I Pepper shows up. It's cool as shit ever. Sean, you should try it sometime. He's not as uh, I do whenever I see him. So is Echo like the what is that a different version? The Echo is the taller one, and then there's the Echo Dot, which is the small one. I got the so, Echo Dot. And I mean you can ask it what time it is, it can set alarms. Last night and there was and there was a funny Super Bowl. Uh, a friend of mine recorded it, and they asked, who's going to win the Super Bowl? And Alexa said, the favorites are the pa- <laughs> the Patriots. That was hard to say. But I'm rooting for the Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. Go Eagles. And this was before the game. So huh. I mean, Alexa is Patriots. She is yeah, cool. But the cool part about the 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 only thing I can ever think about, Sean, have you seen the video where they ask Alexa if the CIA is monitoring, and it shuts off? Is that real? No, I haven't seen that. We need to have Lisa do this live on air next week. Lisa, I need you live on air to hook a microphone up so we can hear this, and I want you to ask the Echo if the CIA is listening. And it's okay, supposed to, this video shows it shut week. off. I will this do that sh- next week. I'll, I'll bring Alexa can be a special, a special guest for a few That's minutes. That's a segment. Can we have a segment where we ask Alexa shit? Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, I want to do I know that. We got a, I know we got a guest next week, so maybe we can start that. I don't know. Well, but yes, we need an Alexa segment where we ask Alexa questions. Like... You said that you have a Lex Echo and an Echo Dot, so the dot's the smaller. So correct. But they, they the way I'm the, the way I'm going to remember that is now from now on I'm referencing Michael as Michael Dot. <laughs> Don't make me spark and kick you. So Sean, from now on, Lisa, from now on, Michael Dot. That that's his new name. Michael okay. Dot. Because he is the smaller version of 
But you know what they say that about manly men anyway, Sean, that they're suppressing their inadequacies. Oh, of course they are. I drive a big-ass Dodge Ram, homeboy, but I watch Lifetime, so kiss my ass. And I what watch do you drive, food. Michael? Dude, what do you drive, Michael? You drive a 14-inch foot. Um, <laughs> so, anyways. And I watch Bravo, asshole, and Home and Garden Give Michael some Kleenex. I know I he's over there crying hunters. in the fetal position. What What's wrong with house hunters? Wrong? Oh, my God. Are you serious? What's Any wrong with house hunters? What's wrong with property, brothers? You kiss my ass. No, I love property, brothers. It's fucking amazing like, shit. What does Michael watch? Yeah. Uh, what do you watch, Michael? Let me tell you what Michael watches. We we watches the Hodge brothers. It's two fucking brothers, the Hodge twins, and their famous uh, tagline is balls deep. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Their famous tagline is Let the Nutsack Hang Out. Yeah, Let the Nutsack Hang Out. That's that's the quality entertainment that Michael Dot is getting. They have a million subscribers. That means there's a million fucking retards in the country. I get it. And that's just one of their... Okay, so, here, last one before we go. I'm just going to ask a quick question. Favorite tele, favorite thing to watch, bar none. Sean, go ahead. The Deadliest Catch. Boom. Lisa. Supernatural. Michael. I'm talking about every day, dumbass. Stop. Pittsburgh Steelers football. Ooh, come sleep with me. What the fucking... Dude, I'm telling you right now, Sean, I did not realize this primitive fucking piece of shit over here. I've been saying it for years. The news. What news? Whatever news is on. You watch CNN. Cool. Well, let me tell you what I watch. No. I've actually I've actually gotten into there's a channel on YouTube called Air Cra- Airplane Crash Investigations yeah, and it died, No, it's actually cool. Sean if you it's really neat to watch because they yeah, take you guys famous, were talking about that a while back. Yeah, they take famous air, aircraft crashes and they show you how they happened, what happened and and tell the whole story about it. It's a 45 minute documentary. It's it's cool. I watch a lot of documentaries. Documentaries are I mean, awesome. Yeah, they are. They're they're amazing. And YouTube has a, a a a bunch of them. And also, you know that that place that I showed you, Sean, that one time, is it top documentary films or something where they're categorized yeah. and everything? That's cool. And to be honest, let's I'll I'll, I'll let y'all in on something. Michael watches a lot of WWE Network. Well, yeah, I mean, you can tell he loves watching men in spandex and, you know, all that gayness. Yes, it does. 
Well, Michael, go ahead and cue us out of here. Y'all have any final thoughts or anything? We'll yep. see you next week. See you next week. We will see y'all next week, February 12th. Our special guest, Topher Kent, with the Arkansas Vaping Advocacy Group. I hope I got that right. I know I probably didn't, and that's just what I do. But anyway, you were listening to the inaugural episode of The Pulse. Real news, real opinion, real talk. It's only on Talk Radio 49. Remember, also this Wednesday, coming up, full post-game Super Bowl coverage, as only Mike and Mike at night can do it. Mike Pettis, Michael Carnahan, break it down. And by the way, Sean and Lisa, on that show, I made a special guest appearance last Wednesday, and I was the only one in the room that accurately predicted the Super Bowl winner. Just saying. Good job. I know. I'm the man, and that's what watching Lifetime will do, you unsensitive fuck. Anyway, (laughs) for Sean Castleberry, Lisa O'Brien, and the man that always fucks with Michael, that's me, we will talk to y'all later on The Pulse here on Talk Radio 49. Good night, motherfuckers. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end Call it a night 